You're listening to Before the Fern Dies with Ashlyn and Wendy. In season one of her Emmy-winning masterpiece, Fleabag, Her Majesty Phoebe Waller-Bridge posed this question. Would you trade five years of your life for the so-called perfect body? On screen, Fleabag and her sister Claire are sitting in the audience of a feminist lecture. The speaker asks the question, and to their horror and our amusement, theirs are the only two hands that fly right up. As is often the case with Fleabag, this seemingly simple question leads to even more questions. It's not just about the physical details, how big, small, hard, squishy, tan, or shiny our body parts are supposed to be. It's not just about the fact that in our patriarchal society, men have been the ones to dictate what perfection looks like in women. This is a challenge for the women themselves. Can we still be feminist and want the so-called perfect body? Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 34, take two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Screams, you may have seen on our Instagram story that I'm I'm totally taking the hit on this one. I absolutely donked my file when I was trying to edit this episode the first time. And she's gone forever. So here we are having this conversation for the second time. Here we are. But we are convinced that it's for a very particular reason. So we'll just have this conversation again and see what comes of it. Yeah. I I think you're right. And this is the conversation we were meant to have and that you were all meant to hear. Exactly. So, yeah. every Everything's great. <laughs> Everything is so perfect happy summer (laughs) happy 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 summer with that the question has been posed that we are going to begin with and i pass it to you my lady would you trade five years of your life for the perfect body um well i guess my short answer is yes (laughs) (laughs) but it just is really dependent on what is the definition of perfect body Mm-hmm. What would you call it? Well, essentially, like, I see my perfect form as just being healthy and feeling good. And, like, I just... Okay, little fun fact. I feel nauseous, like, 99% of my waking hours. Eee! So, like, I don't know. My body just kind of sucks in certain ways. And I have other things that I'm like, come on, man. Like... Do I have to deal with this for the rest of my life? (laughs) So, like, in that sense, I would say, yeah, fuck those five years. If I'm, like, you know, feeling good and rocking all the outfits that I want to wear, that would be, quote-unquote, perfect body to me. Okay. I mean, that sounds like a very higher self answer. Like, it sounds like your definition is just feeling good dude i'm just trying to get there i'm manifesting (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) what a thing to manifest i mean i would say that that's essentially what i hope my answer is like on my on my best days that is what i think of as the perfect body like sure one that i feel good in regardless of how it physically looks 
and one that can basically do anything that I want to do. Like, Mm. I am not physically, emotionally, whatever, inhibited from doing any of the things that I want to do. That's a good point, too. Yeah. However. (laughs) However. I think we should also (laughs) set kind of the, I guess, societal definition of, you know, what I think of when I hear perfect body. Yeah. And that, unfortunately, is not so higher self it's kind of like whatever the look is at the time yeah yeah that's a hard one because I feel like there's this even if you're like no this is for me and not for anyone else and I'm making these changes and I'm working on myself it's like you have to question where those ideas are coming from where they're like what they're rooted in um and just really look at I mean, is it even possible to escape um, influence of your decisions, you know? Like, your de- all decisions right. are influenced by something, like, just as a general statement. But when it Many comes to, like, yeah. you know, perfect body, beauty standards, all that stuff, it's like, is it possible to detach, you know, what we hear in media and from other women and men and everybody to like how we actually look at ourselves and go about these things i don't know oh i hate that my gut answer is no (laughs) that i (laughs) it shit at least in this season of my life i'm gonna leave some room for hope there in this moment of my life it feels sort of impossible to separate you know my internal landscape and my internal feelings about my body and how I look and feel in it from what's shoved down my throat from the outside, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I have high hopes for the future, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to even go about that because it just feels so omnipresent. Well, let me offer something else. Another food for thought moment of... Okay. <laughs> oh, there's a... Please. There's a squirrel running by. He's really tiny. Oh, my God. Hello. That's a good omen, I, I think. think so. Except they're kind of little bastards. They really come after you out here in the oh, woods. Oh, wow. They, like... Yeah, it's a scary time. Anyways. Um, thoughts. Um, is it necessary... Like, is it inherently bad... If you can't separate the two, meaning where your decisions and intentions are coming from, because I feel like there is, it's kind of walking a fine line, but I also feel like there's a possibility to be like, okay, you know, you can't escape it necessarily. It's at least it's a really hard thing to do (laughs) if you can, Mm -hmm. Um, but acknowledging and knowing and educating yourself on these things maybe that's enough to you know either reject something or go along with something it's I think it's really just about like what ultimately makes you feel really good and Mm. for a prolonged period of time you know because we can do things where it's like yeah I feel really good but they're just band-aids on the issue but if you can address those things and Mm. you know still buy like clothes that maybe are really trendy or whatever like that's also i mean is that bad do you you get what i'm saying 
I yeah, I think so. Like, is it is that separation of your internal definition of the perfect body and the external definition of the perfect body something that we even need right. to strive for? Like, can we compromise those two things in a in a healthy way? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I hmm. You know, this is already a drastically different conversation from what we had <laughs> the first go around. Do you, can you do a brief recap of what happened in this first half hour? <laughs> oh, in in the first go of us talking about, you know, bikinis, body image, body positivity, we were so fucking emo, dude. Like, <laughs> it was like, I, I don't think either of us could really arrive at a calm and collected thought on mm. it like with any real conviction like i guess that proves your point of like you know you're gonna ebb and flow between like being able to really rest in your higher self right. and knowing like hey i'm cool my body's great i i feel good everything's fine and then you're gonna have those moments where you're like i look at megan fox's instagram <laughs> can i look like her you know it's like you're it's it's just one of those ebb and flow things yeah you know and and also i think that kind of relates to a point that we brought up in our again our first go <laughs> of talking about this together which is that that whole ebb and flow it kind of makes the whole thing sound like more of a mental health like a mental emotional journey right than a physical one and we came you know? to this conclusion after like i don't know maybe minute 45 <laughs> something yeah so we, we were raging yeah like, <laughs> but we're jumping ahead right into that you know it's one thing to talk about body image what does the perfect body look like how do how does that make you feel etc cetera, etc cetera. but i think we've already kind of like arrived at the point of you know, compromising that, but more importantly, what does that then say about kind of our feminist journey? Oh, jeez, yeah, if you will, like, okay, going back to the beginning, it's like you, your answer, and and my answer too. If I didn't already <laughs> give my hearty <laughs> yes, is that yeah, we, for what it's worth, would still trade five years of our lives for the perfect body, whatever that means. Um, how? does that play into your definition of your feminism and like kind of how does it challenge it I guess <laughs> you know I think my I guess feminism is geared toward what I was basically saying earlier okay about the mental your mental state and figuring out um what you want to do and what actually makes you happy and it's a journey and you might be doing it your whole life, but I think actively working towards loving yourself, just acceptance of self seems um, one of the most, like, radical acts that you could do. And I, like, I think, like, a movement like that is a great vehicle to be able to do that. So for whatever reason it is, I think it's just, like, focusing on how you view yourself and really also like how you view others you know not looking at someone being like that's a really ugly outfit or that looks terrible on you or yeah. whatever you know because I've definitely been guilty of that in my past and like 
Right. When I think about it now, I feel like I'm tremendously astronomically progressed in terms of looking at other people and like judging them on their looks, mm-hmm. especially women. I guess uh, men. I don't know. It's a work in progress. But <laughs> yeah. It feels like the actual battleground of body image. I mean, listen, like, you know, historically, the quote ideal body type, the perfect body has been dictated for for men and for the male gaze. And, you know, they <laughs> lead the propaganda on it and they lead the marketing, and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, for so long, it was just you know, us collectively trying to not give a shit about what men think. So now I feel like that we're entering this new layer chapter, whatever you want to call it, where it's less about, you know, subverting the male gaze and it's more about interacting with other women, if that makes sense. Like the way that I present and look and feel and talk about my body, like, am I... Am I woke enough for the other women that I'm talking to? Am I, you know, am I doing the women around me a disservice by talking negatively about my body and like setting that example? Like, yeah, I, yeah. It's, it feels like it's now all about it's more about a feminist journey than a body image journey. I don't uh, know. Yeah. I, I don't uh, even know if that's true. Honestly, <laughs> they're kind of intertwined, meaning body image and feminism together. Yeah. Um forever together forever because it is so much of a feminist issue um and it's like something i'd like to be more educated on because like i definitely have had body image issues and still do um but like i it's not an aspect of feminism i've really like focused on in terms of like the literature on it Mm -hmm. and influential voices in that um sphere and yeah. it's something I definitely want to engage with more because I think out of just like almost fear of having to address some of these issues within myself, I think I just kind of like block that out a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Cause I know I talked a lot about trying to, I tried to articulate my feelings towards you the did matter. you did um okay i get i guess the only other thing that i'm i'm gonna bring back from again our f- god i i'm so mad at myself for that still um okay but no but no no it's all good yeah, something that i want to preserve from that first ill-fated go round is i we talked about can i stake a claim on this radical self-acceptance and all that can i call myself a feminist can i can i arrive basically in a good place with my relationship with my body and still want to change it Mm, right right you know i just i have it in my head that i'd be so much happier if i lost 20 pounds (laughs) like you know yeah and but it's like there, of course, there is for all my talk about like, yeah, I don't care what men think about me. I don't care. I don't care about being perceived as attractive. Blah, blah, blah. It's like there is, of course, there's an element of that. There always will be. Like, sure. Just in kind of like a lizard brain way <laughs> where it's like, I want to be Kim K or whatever. Like, 
I want to be right. whatever. Right. So there, there's some instinctual element of that. But then there's also reasons for me to want to change my body that are in line with kind of like we keep saying my higher self definition of what a perfect body is. Like I want to, you know, get in shape so that I can climb harder so that I don't feel like <laughs> intimidated to say yes when somebody invites me to go on a hike. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, so there are varying re- reasons why I want a body that's different from the one I have and yeah. would want to work towards that. But does that, so can I want that and also be in a good place on my body image slash feminism right. journey? Because, I mean, in different ways, I feel the same and experience those feelings too. And especially the feeling of like, I am just a bad feminist. I really suck. And yeah. like, I shouldn't want to change my body in any way. It's perfect as right. it is. Like, that thinking but then it's like the word perfect in itself is just just has so much negativity attached to that i think the distinction i made in the last talk that we had was i think (laughs) i originally brought up this point and i said i used the phrase improve your body and then i think Mm. i just was like wait no because that basically means that right it's not good enough as is you have to improve it so i think we cha- we were like okay change is the word to use in this conversation and with right. that in mind i i it, i don't think it's like a bad thing to do but right can i still call myself a feminist it's uh, everything it, feels like it threatens that title like oh man like i i just feel like not ever radical enough i guess right like any so-called buying into like the mainstream patriarchal way of doing things like which is that oh you should always feel ashamed of your body and want to change it like anything resembling that no matter how good of intention it is it still feels like a huge threat to my my feminist machismo. Yeah. Well, you know what's also interesting, too, is that because feminism has been so commodified and now we have these, like, yeah, huge feminist icons that are represented in ways in which they probably would hate, um, there's also this concern or worry of, like, do I come off as, like, a fake feminist? Like... Am I just, like, attaching myself to the word, but I'm not really, you know, doing the work um, and, you know, have these, like, ideals that I should... You know, there's always, like, this other concern now of, like, okay, don't want to be seen as someone who doesn't back up that title of feminist, you know what I mean? Am I doing this wrong? Basically. Yeah, always. And, like, I think that feels extra extra high stakes with something like your relationship with your body because so much of the feminist cause is about the war on women's bodies Mm -hmm. like that is it's so central not just like in the sense that it is our personal sacred vessel that's like so central to like your identity of of womanhood or your femininity like whatever you want to call it yeah um 
and then that it's like so it's a personal thing but then it's also like that's what is societally attacked like yeah rights to autonomy over your own body like that is the the central or one of the central issues of the feminist movement and so it's like it's hard not to be like my relationship with my body feels wrong and therefore i'm doing feminism wrong right and like when you said that it just rang off some bells of like the autonomy aspect that you said because it is well known feminist one of the primary uh, agenda for feminism is you know autonomy over one's body and including like the whole rape culture and everything like ending rape that is like a huge aspect of it um thinking about that and then how that like connects to the body image is kind of like if we don't learn to value our bodies how can we ever fight for their freedom loving yourself i think and loving how you look can really fuel the motivation to actually fight for your body and other women's bodies yeah it's like it's so much easier just always to advocate for somebody else's rights to their body somebody else like doing it for other women but then it's just like when you can't quite match the energy for yourself it's 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 just not as powerful you know and like and i think one step of affecting change is learning to value ourselves in a different way than what Mm. is spoon-fed to us basically Right. And, you know, kind of circling back to the beginning, I think that's kind of like the, <laughs> therein lies the difficulty. Because, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> because then how, do you, how right. do you separate your internal journey from like, how do you excavate that from all the <laughs> crap right. that other people feel? And if it's, you like fail at it, does that mean you're, you suck? And, you know, yeah, it's a whole, uh, it's just like this big cycle of endless cycling <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> it, it really is a cycle because i think like you know a thought we had before is like okay something like wanting to change your body right um it's like okay do i want to change my body because i'm trying to look like what society tells me i'm supposed to look like or am i doing it for my own internal reasons but how were those internal reasons <laughs> affected by the external and gosh <laughs> it's you you can overthink it real oh, real hard you know to start moving out of this aspect of our conversation i have the a heady I have area a funny story okay um that i just remembered so <clears throat> profa Binyalis, yeah homie yes of the century um mm-hmm. once again schooled me real hard because I we were working on some project and it was some big thing and I you know of course I always want to impress her and be like her favorite student um and I went to her office hours and we were discussing something and she straight up was like what is like feminism for like what is the uh-uh. thing what is the main infliction of <laughs> patriarchal society you know like straight up and i was just like 
I panicked, man. I mean, I was like sweating fucking bullets. I just <laughs> literally was shitting my pants. I just couldn't think of my mind just went blank. And I just like sputtered out like oh, body image. <laughs> she kind of like the look of just disappointment on her face oh, was really shook me because she was like well yeah but really ending rape <laughs> and, and like, like oh, oh, oh. policies surrounding women and rights to their body and i'm just like okay you're right you're so right oh, and then i just God. like walked out and cried for 17 years and just felt like and now such a chump anyways Man. That, but then that makes me feel like a chump, too, of this whole conversation, because it's like... But, but here, <laughs> here's the other side to that, you know? It's like, maybe that wasn't the best answer, but like we've been discussing, like, it's all tied in with each other, right. you know? So it's like, maybe... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop there, but... That's my point. I, you know, I still think about that moment and I just hang my head in shame. But, you know, it's also a learning moment. Yeah. I think what we can synthesize from that or what we can extract from that is like, are there greater feminist issues than, you know, the fact that Cosmo tells us we all need abs? Absolutely. (laughs) Like... (laughs) We got. We have more important business. Can we also compromise that with the fact that our relationship with our bodies and our body image is also important and radical and a feminist issue? Yes. yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. I guess that's our main... That's the our answer to that question summed up yeah. together. But... If your professor ever asks you, um, go with the, (laughs) now you know what to say. Now you know. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to move into lighter territory. (laughs) So hopefully the clip editing Wendy. All right, friends, we're going to pause right here. Before we continue with our conversation, we thought we'd hit you with a quick Before the Fern Dies history lesson. As I believe we all know by now, history has been one indecisive little bitch on the subject of the perfect body. Decade by decade, the details of the ideal body type have literally changed shape over and over and over again. We went right from the bountiful bosoms of the 50s, right to the twiggy thinness of the 60s, and then somehow landed in toned, tanned, jazzercise land by the 80s. Fast forward to 2021, and we're floating somewhere between an all-sizes-welcome body positivity movement and a collective obsession with the BBL, Brazilian Butt Lift. Just as the ideal body type has changed rapidly over time, so too have the arbitrary pieces of fabric that we like to slap onto them. And right in keeping with our summer-themed season of this show, the bathing suit is no exception to those changes. 
You know how in every period piece there's some sickly younger sister who goes by the sea in an attempt to make it to the end of the movie? Well, that whole idea started in the 18th century, when bathing in the ocean was first encouraged for its health benefits. To do so, women wore big, billowy gowns called chemises, the same ones they would wear underneath all their usual corsets and frills. These later evolved into full-on bathing costumes, which were high-necked, no-ankle-showing dresses made of linen and or wool. Then, at the start of the 20th century, women were first allowed to compete in Olympic swimming, and it was around this time that the Australian brand Speedo began experimenting with what would start to resemble the modern swimsuit. Then, in 1946, a cheeky little bastard named Louis Rayard designed the first bikini. The Second World War had just ended, but the invention and development of nuclear weapons, unfortunately, was just getting started. The US continued testing bombs on an island called, well, you guessed it, Bikini. It would become the inspiration not only for Spongebob's hometown of Bikini Bottom, but for Rayard's scandalous belly button bearing sensation. The bikini took over the world and would eventually become the summertime arch nemesis of two young podcasters named Ashlyn and Wendy. All right, bud, lighter territory. We basically came up with the title of this episode, Kill Bikinis, and thought that was a sick title the best and so we just come up with titles and then try to think of a conversation <laughs> around it but we haven't talked about bikinis at all this whole episode so, so it's time um so it's time ashlyn our hardest hitting question yet are you a one piecer or a two piecer <laughs> when it's time to swing <laughs> um always been pretty much always been a one piecer through and through um yep that's that's the simple answer and if i remember correctly the last conversation we had during this little tidbit turned into a very confessionary confess confessional confessional of all of our insecurities (laughs) and like we kind of just went off with it and so i'm gonna try to I'm just going to try to talk about the bikini. Okay. Wait. Question. Is yes. a one piece still considered a bikini? I don't think so. It's just like, like a swimsuit okay. or whatever. I'm guessing. I, yeah. One piece is just like a. Yeah. It's like not a, a bikini. It's a bathing okay. suit. It's a one suit. Because, well, referring back to our, our wonderful little history lesson, it was like the whole thing that was like, whoa, bikinis. Oh, my God. was because it showed the belly button. But wait, there right. are one pieces that, like, there are attached bathing suits that show belly button. Oh. Whoa. You're right. Fuck. Oh, man. There's one pieces that showed the mid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, like... Is it just all about the belly button? Is that I think it's a I think it's about the belly button. What? Like, okay. You know, like, do you remember that whole thing where like Taylor Swift, like, she was like playing this whole game with the media where she was like, No one will see my belly button ever. Maybe I don't even have one. I kind of do, yeah. I yeah. I 
basically that's my that's my cited source on <laughs> the question is it all about the belly button and i think yes like mm. for whatever reason that just it crosses a line rem- it crosses our line it reminds us of our mortality mm. well we were- because the belly button is there for a reason it's a freudian thing where like <laughs> the kid- oh gosh okay here, oh gosh picture this okay belly buttons are so scandalous particularly on women because it reminds men that they were (laughs) attached (gasps) by the cord to a woman and they came from women and so yo it gets in the way of them sexualizing women if they're looking at the belly button and they're like whoa i was i was a baby in the year that's it we solved the mystery whoa i'm convinced that is the exact right answer there's there's a series on tiktok this girl does baked takes on tiktok (laughs) where she gets like baked and then is like gives hot takes i feel like that was a baked take but i i don't take it back wonderful you shouldn't (laughs) um Okay, okay, so are, okay. Are you are you a belly button shower? No, or a belly button so shower? and you're like no. I go for one pieces, and God, do I wish that I could just wear a full wool or linen suit that covers arms and legs and jump into the ocean. Um, they're kind of hard to find, and if you find them, they're really expensive. So, and we're not talking like wetsuit. No, 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 like, no. I'm talking wool, linen. As it once was in what Baby was it? Costume like Victorian era. Yeah, that sounds about right. Whew. Anyways, I did recently buy a swimsuit because I didn't really have one. Like you did, you went through with it. Oh no, I didn't. Do, I I had no, I did not. Not those. Okay. Not the ones that so, I showed Wendy yesterday. Filling in for our friends, like <laughs> we both compare so basically we both ended up buying swimsuits after (laughs) our conversation and so i was asking if you pulled the trigger on the ones that you showed right and it sounds like the answer is no no because it was i just couldn't get past 25 dollars in shipping (laughs) but i had but i had bought one already i was just planning on returning it but i have it and i like it it's fine um but it's like a it's a simple black one piece but i go for more of like the shorts as opposed to the like bikini line kind of thing it's more of like little i don't know booty shorts or whatever you call that kind of thing um and it's like fine but uh just taking it real quick back into when all of this kind of started and why I always went with a one piece was because like I had a lot of um I guess shame and embarrassment about like the hair on my body because I come Mm. from two cultures that are hairy people and um from a really young age I was made fun of for it and was very aware of it and had issues wearing certain things that revealed more of like where the hair is on my body which is everywhere yeah. <laughs> and so um wait this is i just want to side note i don't know if you experienced this but okay you know like when 
I'm sure you and many others have, okay, you're wearing a knee-length skirt, so you shave up to your knee, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, um, where was I going with this? Um, I, I feel a pube care conversation. N- well, no, coming. that wasn't it. Um, no? I think I was just going to make a funny point about the fact that, like, I won't shave my legs i hardly do anymore but i also don't wear things that are like really short or little like i'm always kind of either pants or like a mid-length sort of thing um and i realized as it's been warmer and i've like tried to find other things to wear one i hate that type of clothing i just hate summer clothing um but two everything's just a lot shorter and then i was like I felt weird, like, totally fine not shaving below the knee um, and wearing a skirt. But as soon as, like, a skirt or some garment is above the knee, I feel like I have to shave my whole legs. Like, all my legs. Like, actually, wait, that's so true. (laughs) Is that not true for you, too? Okay. it's like, I got it, like, yeah, it's not like I can stop mid-thigh because then that's just goofy. It's goofy and the skirt, like moves and so it'll look like hairy pantaloons underneath i don't know but <laughs> but it's weird because like it's it's almost as if like i'm not embarrassed if i have like thick ass hair wearing a skirt like that but as soon as it's like in a bathing suit or short something or other i feel like embarrassed about my hair all of it and i have to shave huh like i don't know that's the i guess that's what i was trying to get at which I took a really roundabout way to say that, but okay. essentially, but we got there. it's a weird, I wonder, like, do you experience that or anyone else? Because I, it doesn't really make sense to me. I guess I just feel more exposed and more vulnerable and therefore more shy or embarrassed yeah. about something. No, for sure. Okay. It's like, I think, I think there's just a very like acute specific bathing suit anxiety that has a lot of symptoms like yes it just makes anything that you're like moderately insecure about is just right pulled up to 11 when it's like okay i need to go right to this body of water (laughs) exactly you had to get in the water you know it makes you get in the water real quick so it oh yeah dude 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 basically i would just like put on as much clothing as i like could at the beach and then when it was time to go in the water just strip real quick and just like beeline water (laughs) and just get in oh that's like oh my god dude that that is a moment i dread is like walking to the water okay that oh but even before that like okay it's the moment where you're disrobing like Uh, yeah once once you're stripped it's like fuck here i am here is me yeah (laughs) here it is but it's just the little dance of like getting undressed (laughs) and then like sunscreen rubbing and Uh. like oh that whole game of like can you get my shoulders (laughs) can you get my back oh oh oh, wait hold on i have to tell this story oh no (laughs) the sunscreen rub okay so 
for those of you who are not familiar with San Diego, there is one single nude beach in San Diego called Black's Beach, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's yeah. a nude beach where people are <laughs> nude at the beach. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but I would say the people that go to Black's Beach are, I'm gonna say, eighty percent men specifically old men and they don't some of them do obviously but a lot of them don't get naked all the way they just wear a t-shirt and then have their shriveled little tip just like peeking out from the head of their t-shirt and i don't know why that's so prominent take your shirt off too if you're gonna like oh what are you doing it's this is why i never did actually go to black speech i you know i put it off for the longest time but then it was actually last summer where it's like a couple of friends and i were like you know what i want to feel the salty air on my cheeks you know like (laughs) and so we went and so it was like me and two other friends and we stripped it all the way down and swam in the ocean and it was fucking magical it was so good i felt free i like mermaid. it ruins you it i felt like a mermaid i felt like a siren like <laughs> amazing but then so then we just like we got back to our towels and like we're sitting on the beach or whatever and then some guy came over oh dear and i think he was like in the t-shirt uh. get up and he was like hey uh do you ladies have any sunscreen that i could borrow real quick and we were like yeah man here you go protect <laughs> from those uv rays and so then he gra- he takes her sunscreen walks back to his friends who are like you know sitting like 20 feet away from us i don't know and then he turns around and comes back to us and he's like will you rub it on me oh god <laughs> like jesus and we said no give me back my son <laughs> actually no i think what i said is like can't your friends do it <laughs> I must have just said it loud enough for like the boys like at the at the towel to be kind of like because then they all just like turned away. God, it was so horrendous. All that you said was sunscreen, and then that trauma just careened back into my brain. Yeah, that's that was. There's literally no point to that addition. I understandable that happened. Jesus, gosh. Honestly, you know, nude beach just for the anthropology experiment. It's crazy. I think I would. I would go for a nude beach in a place where it's like more normalized so people don't like bother you because i feel like yeah going to a place and seeing i do not i cannot be around those kind of men and it's just no. i cannot do it and so maybe if i was in france or something or i don't know how that feels stereotypical to say um yeah those european nude beaches like i think i don't know i, I think i would get behind that but i'm not really like into i'm not really a nude person like it's not that's really not my, your journey it's not really my thing but yeah anywho <laughs> the <laughs> the very important question bringing it back to bikinis is are you a bikinier or a one-piecer ah uh, this is where i get to tell you about my my addition after the first time you and i talked your revelations um, my revelations so okay the answer to the question is that historically i have been a a no belly button shower like 
whether that means one or one like okay one piece or high-waisted two piece you know i my gut is locked and loaded like (laughs) basically is my objective with swimwear i'd say throughout my whole life there was maybe one little stint in when i was like 15 16 and i was like my metabolism was (laughs) i was on the swim team i had the one ab i've had in my whole life basically damn that was the one time um actually even then i still feel like i like covered up i was like reasonably modest Modest. swimwear wise so and that's how i've been up till now (laughs) like (laughs) um and again when you and i had our little swimsuit shop note comparison um I was thinking to myself, like, okay, I want to get a swimsuit for this summer. I don't really have any that I like. And I ended up with this, like, it's really cute. I'm still going to love it. It's, like, just this high-waisted, like, two-piece number. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was stoked about it because it's like, you know what? This isn't the year that I need to exercise radical self-acceptance and, (laughs) you know. Yeah, totally. I don't need to do that. I want to do aquatic activities. So I got this, like swimsuit for it then literally like the same day a couple out like right after you and i finished recording the first version of this episode scott and i we went to the beach like right after right and so then i had you know i had all this like body image feminism like our whole conversation was still lingering in my mind when we got to the beach or whatever and i was wearing like a you know a belly button covering swimsuit right Mm -hmm. And I got there and I was kind of like, I just, I just remembered that like no one gives a shit. Like I was kind of looking around and okay, this, these are like my unfiltered non-PC thoughts, right? Sure. <laughs> like if I'm like looking around <laughs> at like just other people's physical forms, like doing people watching, it's like I saw people who I was like, you have a rockin' bod and wear a two-piece, my dude. Like live your life right and they, like so there are people who were like really fit like but were still like dressed pretty modestly mm-hmm. and then i saw people who were like you know here's my here's my beer belly dude like <laughs> in like their string little bikinis and i was like that's amazing and so it's like and the, you know and there's just so many different co- like body types in various presentations yeah. or whatever and no one gives a shit right like no that was like the thing that i was just struck by when i got mm. there and i was like allowing myself to just basically objectify the people around me like okay like i'm looking at people with the lens that i'm afraid that mm, people mm-hmm. are looking at me mm-hmm. and i don't care you know right like and so that was kind of like, fuck. And so then I like go back to myself and I'm like, knowing that no one's looking, it was like, man, I wish I was like in a loincloth and some nipple covers right now. <laughs> like, damn, I just want to feel the sun on these titties. And like, damn, you're not packing that in your car. Co- I feel like that's an essential backup outfit that you should I... have in the trunk of your car. And it's fucked up of me that I don't have that. Everyone who knows me knows that I have so much shit in my car. You would think (laughs) (laughs) that I would have that, but I didn't. Um, So now basically I think it's, I think it's time. It's time for me to be like a little sausage casing and be spilling out everywhere, but (laughs) having, 
having the salt air on my person you know um, yeah i think you look amazing in a bathing suit and i the one you showed me was so Thanks. cute and so you i just felt like there's no way it couldn't look good so you still gonna, gonna love her just gotta go you know i'm i'm feeling you're bulking up the confidence in me a little too because i'm supposed to do a water thing tomorrow with a group of people half of which oh. i don't know and so Wait, what are you doing I'm going on a donut boat. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> no but way. in case in case you immediately ask the question that I did of, is there a hole in the middle? There's not. So really, it's just a circle boat. So, okay, wait. So as in, you're going like tubing? Like you're going to be on a giant floaty No, with a like a fucking motor boat in the shape of a circle with like I think there's like a table, a little round table in the middle. What the hell? Yeah, I'll send you some pics, but it's for this like person's birthday thing and she rented it and I was one of the select six <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> we're just gonna all be in this donut boat like in a circle and <laughs> just like staring at each other <laughs> and I... Your talk made me feel better, and I feel like I I don't care. I don't care. I like my bathing suit. Yeah, wear your bathing suit. Wear, you have, like, I don't know if you actually have these sunglasses, or I just picture you. <laughs> like, don't you have some, like, kind of retro sunglasses? I do. Like, I do. Okay, yes, I didn't make that up. Nope. So, like, you in your little swimsuit? with your little glasses and one of your many hats amazing hats yeah, yeah you're gonna you're gonna eat that shit up dude i'm ready i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it it's gonna be grand yeah. it's gonna be grand well i'm so happy that you shared that and that was an experience for you because we need to share more happy positive life-changing <laughs> shit in this podcast it's like I feel like we always arrive at a happy place. True. <laughs> True. But everybody has to sift through an hour of despair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll put this part of the conversation at the beginning. You know, we'll we'll decrescendo Ooh, for once. That's a fun idea. Should play with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Wow. 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 I I, I don't know where else to go from there. Well, Let's... I think we start wrapping it up. And mm -hmm. I guess the only question left is how can we kill our bikini anxiety? But I think that has been answered. Yeah. You just I... do it. <laughs> you just do it. You just... <laughs> Suck it up. Get out there and just practice the mantra of nobody cares what you look like nobody cares plan some aquatic activities that make you have nervous poops <laughs> and and just lean into that anxiety man and yeah you'll get through it show your buns show your buns, yeah. buns or out. don't show your buns do whatever you want show your do what makes you feel good but I think, I think the, you know, I think it's just like when you're at the beach or at the lake or doing some sort of water thing that requires a swimsuit. In front of people. In front yes. of people. 
just go with, with what makes you most comfortable. But then just remember that like no one's really looking at you and if they are they suck and they shouldn't be your friends yeah and um you do you and know that we're we're over here in the studio backing you up and wearing our bikini stuff and um not caring about it and um you're gonna look great so you're gonna look great send us a pic um and if somebody bothers you dm us and we'll fucking scrap like (laughs) anybody makes you feel less than you are we will fight them for you no joke no not even joking no we'll we'll send a letter to their mom for you absolutely maybe sneak in like a little ransom in there i don't know i feel like you should someone should get paid for being made fun someone should get fined yeah Damn. We'll, we'll forge like a government like summons and being like you're being charged. You know we'd be so good at that too with our our fucking procreate oh, skills. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I bought a wax seal kit. Okay, we're, what? We're going into. I did. Oh my god. I've always bought a wax. Okay. Okay. It's it's gonna be great. Um. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> wax up your bodies <laughs> so that they're shiny and glistening and then put on a swimsuit and live your life and have fun your body is amazing everyone <laughs> yep that's all we love you love good you. day bye <laughs>